carrots to eggplants to romaine lettuce. This is Paul Pactor, CEO of Long Island Cares. One, two, three, go. Hi, this is Paul Pactor, the CEO of Long Island Cares, and welcome to a new episode of Breaking Bread. Uh, this is produced by Long Island Cares and the Harry Chapin Regional Food Bank to provide you, the viewer, with information not only about the work we do, but information about issues that are going on uh, in the community that should be of concern to all of us. Today's topic, trade mitigation. I know you might be asking, what's trade mitigation? Well, for the past year, the President of the United States has been embroiled in a battle with China over trade importing and exporting American products. And one of those products is soybeans. So for the past year, while the president and President Xi of China are getting together to try to work things out, uh, a quiet beneficiary of all this are the nation's food banks. And at Long Island Cares, we receive 2.2 million pounds of additional food to feed the hungry, all 259,000 of them. And it's a major task. And with me today on this episode is Peter Braglia, the Chief Operations Officer of Long Island Cares, and Christine Kosigi-Len, our Chief Network Officer, who oversees the delivery of all the food to our close to 600 uh, community-based programs. So Pete and Christine, welcome. Thank you. Uh, so let's get into it immediately. What is trade mitigation? Uh, to you, and what government agencies are involved in this? Well, right now, trade mitigation to us is an opportunity to receive more government food. Uh, the USDA handles uh, most of that food. However, in New York State, it, the transfer of power goes to the Office of General Services. They oversee the TFAP program, the USDA Commodities Program, to the food banks in New York State. So for Long Island Cares, we deal directly with the Office of General Services. So 2.2 million pounds of additional food uh, coming in to the organization yes. starting this past April? Uh, no, sir. It started in January of 2019. Okay. Uh, we received notification in September of 2018, and we didn't think anything would come of it. At that time, trade talks were ongoing. Uh, we just kind of put things in place logistically. Mm -hmm. They let us know what mm -hmm. products were going to be available. They give us the process one quarter at a time. In other words, quarterly during the year, uh, you have to uh, place these orders uh, three to five months in advance. Logistically, USDA then takes care of it with the trail loads or anything. So we didn't think much of this would, would come about mm -hmm. in 2019. And Christine, how much of the 2.2 million pounds that has already been received at the Harry Chapin Food Bank has been delivered to our member agencies? We've delivered about 85% of all of the product that's been received. We have 429 programs that are all eligible for distribution and have greatly accepted this product, they're thrilled to death with the product that they've gotten, and it's made a big difference in, in the people that they're serving. Now these are government commodities food uh, that the USDA has provided to the food banks across the country, 
And as I mentioned, it was actually 1.3 or 1.2 billion dollars of the 13 billion dollar bailout uh, that Congress approved, that the president did an executive order to get it out there. So about 10 percent of that money is going to the 200 food banks across the country. You mentioned the product. So what kind of foods are coming into the food bank that the agencies uh, are ordering in big numbers? We've seen a tremendous amount of fresh produce. We've seen apples, oranges, potatoes, um, three different kinds of potatoes, actually, that we've received. We have seen frozen corn, which is... Uh, a welcome addition because it's very low in sodium, mm -hmm. so people are thrilled with that. We've seen cheeses coming in, we've seen dairy products, we've seen milk, and we're looking for fresh milk to come in in January. Um, we've seen a lot of pork products, some chicken. Um, what else have we seen? A lot of legumes. I was just going to say. A tremendous beans. amount of legumes. Legumes and beans. Yeah. Legumes and beans. Yeah. One of the things I uh, recently read about trade mitigation in an online publication uh, talks about the farmers who export soybeans to China and other countries. And one of the commodities uh, that China has basically turned down, knowing that in many ways, it could impact the American farmer is soybeans. And when you try to make the correlation between soybeans and the product that are coming in, uh, what comes to mind is that pigs eat soybeans. Right. They're fed on it. And so we have farmers across the country that are clearly hurting because of trade, uh, the trade war and the lack of uh, policy right now. And so their silos are filled with soybeans. Uh, they're also, because this, the uh, silos are filled, the Chinese are not ordering the pork products. And so, as I see, and as you mentioned, coming in the warehouse is the pulled pork and the pork loin and the pork chop. And these are foods that we don't uh, historically get in big numbers. And as you said, you know, we've already distributed 85, it's close actually from what I saw in a recent report from Peter, is that it's almost closer to 90% of all this food going out uh, to the people. So to, what do you, have there been any problems or challenges uh, regarding the distribution of an additional 2.2 million pounds of food to the agencies or other programs that we support? We are um, making it available to our member agencies so that they can continue to distribute as much as possible. So we've doubled up on a lot of our distribution. Our trucks are going out sometimes twice a day to make distribution to our agencies. They're, they're able to come in and pick it up. One of the biggest problems we have with a lot of our agencies are they're small. They don't have a lot of storage capacity, but by... Um, letting them come back on a regular basis. So they've had a distribution, they need more product, mm -hmm. come on back and take it so that the rest of the people that are coming later in the week can also have access to the product. So we're working very hard with our agencies to increase that distribution. And, I mean, this is, <clears throat> this is a major task because on any given year, uh, Peter, we distribute between three and a half and four million pounds of government commodity food. Correct. Uh, through the emergency food assistance program, and that's food that we order year-round. It's based upon a menu. Christine is involved in the decision-making, 
our nutritionists are involved in the decision making about what product to pick on. But this is an additional two million pounds of food. There are some food banks in the country that don't distribute two million pounds of food completely, you know, overall. So this is almost like taking on a second food bank, a uh, small one, you know, albeit. So take me through the process. Uh, you receive an announcement from the Office of General Services, what's available under trade mitigation. You then talk to people internally at Long Island Cares about what to order. You place the order, the food arrives, and Lord knows there have been mornings that I've shown up in the parking lot, 7.30, <laughs> 8 o'clock, and there are two and three tractor trailers in the lot waiting to uh, drop off food. So it gets on the menu. What happens then? Our member agencies have the opportunity to review our member, to review our menus daily, and call us up and place orders for it, send us a fax. They also had been surveyed earlier, mm. so I had sent out a survey, and I've done it twice now, of the product that we're anticipating in, so as soon as it comes in, we give them a follow-up phone call and say, guess what got here? You know, just so that they're aware and we can make plans to distribute it as quickly as possible. So it's been very proactive, a lot of communication going on between the member agencies and the food bank, mm -hmm. making sure that the food is available and gets to them when they need it. Uh, I haven't seen anything, any report uh, on online or through Feeding America that has spoken about 85 to 90% of the products coming in, uh, going out already. I know there's been, uh, some problems in the network with storage and distribution. Mm -hmm. But in terms of storage and distribution, we're also receiving additional funding uh, through the USDA and NOGS to support storage and distribution. How much is coming in and what are we doing with it? Um, well, they started with a, a, a generic $2,000 per trailer load. Mm -hmm. And that would that would be funds that would be available to the food bank to be used administratively in whatever capacity we found necessary to help with the storage distribution of um, TFAP mitigation product. Mm -hmm. uh, the 2.2 million pounds that we received did cause quite a bit of stress, especially in our cooler and freezer area, because we're restricted with that. Our dry area, we have a little bit more flexibility. So amongst other things, uh, we did have to go out and purchase some new equipment, some power jacks. Mm -hmm. uh, instead of having my warehouse using regular pallet jacks, these guys are using power jacks now. Mm -hmm. they're, they're doubling their daily uh, output of what they're pulling around in the orders. Uh, we also went out and we rented, leased, a, uh, a full trailer. Uh, that's a, a reefer unit, a cooler unit. Um, we did that mostly because of the produce that was coming in. We needed to make sure that we could store it properly so we could distribute it safely. Um, but I will say that there was one time that we were good on cooler space. We were a little over tight in our uh, freezer area, mm -hmm. and we actually turned the temperature down and used it as a freezer. So it's been a godsend to us that we get this funding. Mm -hmm. And we do look at other things that uh, help us with the distribution. And the equipment and the refrigerator unit that's coming in, and, and I also know that we've uh, had opportunity to increase people's hours uh, yes, at Long Island Cares in order to move it. 
if I'm not mistaken, we were looking at 40 tractor trailer loads of government commodities, which would equate to an additional $80,000 in administrative support to operate the program. Yes, sir. You mentioned, uh, look, we, we already have heard that trade mitigation is going to continue into 2020. Christine, you mentioned that Long Island Cares is ordering a few tractor trailers full of fresh milk. Uh, I would imagine that the agencies are looking forward uh, to this. But what I recently saw coming from Feeding America was $1.4 billion additional dollars going from the USDA uh, to the nation's food banks, of which Long Island Cares is one of them. Uh, how are we right now planning uh, for the increase in our distribution? Because this conceivably can go from 2.2 million to 2.5 million or more starting in January. Milk comes in first. What are we doing now to prepare our member agencies for the additional food? Well, um, we have an internal food advisory committee, uh, mm -hmm. which uh, both Christine and I sit in on. Uh, it's run by our staff nutritionist, but we have the warehouse manager and, and key staff of agency relations involved. We kind of put our collective heads together. Um, so as an example, knowing that distribution and capacity are two of the biggest challenges we face with this trade mitigation product, the milk that uh, in the past would have been a problem, Christine and I got together, we discussed it. Christine sent out a survey, told us what kind of milk to bring in, what the agencies were looking for. We planned it so that these trailer loads come in with enough time that we can have an uh, mm -hmm. adequate time to, to distribute it. The other part of it that was always a challenge to us was distribution. With the additional 2.2 million and 89% of it being distributed, we kind of like took a step back and, and looked at the way we have conducted business in the past. In the past, this organization is very proud of the fact that we receive product into the warehouse, Christine puts it on a menu, and her agency staff offers that menu to the agencies. They place their orders. We remind them something, especially fresh produce or, or eggs might be coming in. Mm -hmm. And that's about it. This year, we took a slightly different approach. Uh, the people of agency relations are actively involved. I I'm sure I'm being conservative when I say 95% of the orders, they're actively involved. Kind of suggesting we have this product, we have this product, we have this product, and without forcing it on them, right. agencies are taking it. So it was kind of like an eye-opening experience for us that we were able to get this capacity. You mentioned the monthly report. Long Island Cares is looking to distribute over 10 million pounds this year. That's something that we've never done. We had a, a, a year with Superstorm Sandy that was, mm -hmm. the warehouse was unbelievably packed, and we didn't hit 10 million pounds. So this is something, it's been a learning experience for all of us, and as we go forward, we tried new venues. We tried different things on this distribution, making sure that the people get it safely and that we store it safely. Bottom line is, of course, that we need to feed the 259,000 Long Islanders that are struggling with food insecurity. Christine Lynn, Pete Braglia, we could go on uh, and do a whole nother show about this. Uh, if you're interested in this subject, trade mitigation, continue checking the Long Island Cares website. But if you like what you're seeing right here on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe to our channel. Until the next Breaking Bread episode, this is Paul Pachter, Chief Executive Officer for Long Island Cares. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you.